0: Have you ever wondered what it might be like to really live with the biblical model of marriage In your home. Well, today, my friend Steve Demi and I are going to jump right into this hot topic and talk about God's heart for male and female and the beautiful design that God has created for marriage. We're also going to offer some encouragement to those of you who are raising teenagers and maybe you haven't put the time in that you wish you would have years ago, discipling your children in the Lord. Steve's going to encourage you that it's not too late. With God's help, Steve has been seeking first the kingdom since graduating from Grove City College and Gordon Cornwall Theological Seminary. He's the creator of Matthew C. and the founder of Building Faith Families, and I know you're going to love this conversation with him. This is the Heidi St. John Podcast. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. You and I are both watching what's happening in the culture right now. I mean, it brings me to tears to see what's happening in our cities, what's happening in our churches, what's happening to our families, but I also am very concerned with what we see happening with the roles of male and female right the lines are being blurred now through uh, the insidious lie that is transgenderism we have radical feminism on one side which has done nothing good for women and then you have women who are raising children in this culture and our hearts i think as as women are really wired to respond to the loving leadership of our husbands i think god has wired women that way. And uh, Jay and I just, we were just away for our anniversary. We we celebrated 34 years this week.
1: Congratulations. I saw that. um,
0: It was great. Well, we celebrated it while I, you know, in between me speaking at different events. So we kind of like celebrate, speak, celebrate, speak. We kind of did that. It was kind of an interesting, (laughs) interesting weekend. But we had the opportunity to sit down together and just sort of reflect over the past, you know, 35 plus years that we've been together and it just reminded me again like I I believe and the, the world the world has so maligned this the hearts of women are really to serve God has given that to women in particular nurturers and uh, he's given to husbands the opportunity to lead what is the the biggest thing that you have seen in terms of marriages uh, in the last several years that you have thought man this is an area that we need to encourage in marriage, because there's so many areas, I think where we're just struggling. I want to see a return to femininity, like true femininity, just the the feminine heart and embracing, you know, uh, the softer side of God's creative nature, which is seen in women. And I'm just curious, uh, from a man's perspective, as you observe what's happening in the culture and sort of the effect that it's having on marriage and on uh, the relationship of a husband and wife. What are some things that have been just on your heart with relationship to marriage?
1: Let me just say that within the homeschool world, and I don't, I don't know when to put a date on this, but there was a response to the radical feminism, which I would call uh, all caps patriarchy.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Yep. And I, you and I have talked about this many times. I was a victim of that, so well, I get it.
1: I was too. I drank the Kool-Aid, and I remember, uh, I'm sure I mentioned it to my wife at some point, that, you know, your attitude, you're not submitting to me, blah, blah, blah. I even hate to say it. I'm sorry. (sighs) Go wash my mouth out with soap. So, the more I have searched the scriptures on this, um, there's a balance, between being a man and taking initiative and I would say that was one of the first things that a man is supposed to do is the man is the initiator the man uh was designed to be the initiator and so when it happens when it comes to family worship I'm sorry that wives have to go to their husband and say I wish we could do this because that to me is already back end too I
0: yeah I I, I agree
1: I wish the man would say hey hey dear uh I I'm, I'm not feeling up to the challenge, but I feel like we need to do this. And I'd like your help. Let's make a plan together. And this, this is what I think should happen. In fact, what I used to do at conferences, started at the Arizona conference. I know you've been there. So
0: Many times. I
1: didn't have a lot of time to talk about family worship. They didn't give me that one of my talks. So I just snuck this in and I said, look, I have written a book on this topic here, and I will give it to every man in this room that wants it. For free, but you have to read it within 30 days of this conference, or else you owe me 50 bucks and I want your email address, and I'm gonna send you an email after 30 days, and I'm gonna ask you three questions. Did you read the book? Number one. Number two, did what was your takeaways? Number three, have you had a chance to apply it? Because I like talking to the men. I'm six foot five, weigh eighth of a ton. I don't mind being in front of a bunch of men. But <laughs> but that's not the wife's job to have to go to the men. I want to I want to have men iron sharpening iron. I want to be talking to men. And I did that for years and I'll still do it if anybody's listening. I will send you that baby, but if you want to listen to it it's free on my website as an audiobook. Anything you want to do. But you know what? I got some really good responses from men. Men step up to the plate. They read the book and they went, "This is not rocket science. I can do this." And they oh. did it. And that's what the last quarter of the book is. It's their responses from my challenge. So it should be men sharpening other men, number one. Initiative is a big thing. Responsibility is a big thing. Um, Having said that, uh, God balanced me out in 2012 on this patriarchy stuff when uh, my world fell apart and— Not going into all the details, my world fell apart. My wife and I were separated for several months. We were going to joint counseling, individual counseling, and I was doing the work. And I said, I need to rebuild this. I'm not giving up. And this just happened, by the way, at that conference we were together at North Carolina. One of the men from another state came up to me and says, I still remember that talk you gave when you talked about how your world fell apart, and I'm still thinking about it to this day. And that was over five years ago. But the long story short is I realized that it's not my job to make my wife submit. That is God's job. That scripture was not written for me. That was written for her. I'm not reading her mail and I'm not opening it either. So my responsibility is to love my wife as Christ loved the church and to lay my life down for her. And I have focused since then on what does Jesus say Not what did he say, but how did he love the church? He came to serve, not to be served. He came to lay his life down. He came to pray. He came and, and you know what? I have focused on those things because that's my department. My department is to keep my eyes on Jesus and to love my wife as Christ loved the church. And Christ was not a wimp. There was no more manlier man than Jesus. And if I if my made eyes made
0: awfully small.
1: Well, my eyes are on Jesus, I got a really good model there. But and he did some serious praying. He cast out demons. He took on the government leaders. He called them names. Not I'm not endorsing that. All I'm saying is <laughs> this guy was a stud. I'd still like to be in the temple when he cleaned it out by himself. That had to be awesome. Because that was a man whose zeal for God made him do stuff that was outside his normal, you might say. So, I think men were designed for spiritual warfare. Men were designed to fight for their families. Men were designed to jump on hand grenades. I really think that men were designed to die. Now, you have to speak for the women. Women can be, like you say, servants. They can be sweet, sensitive, nurture it, but we're asking the women to do all the dying. And that's our department. Mm-hmm. So
0: Wow, well, it I, I've been speaking, you know, to similar issues. And you and I have talked about the, the the dangers and really the devastation that was left in the wake of the patriarchy movement and Bill Gothard and all the things. And uh, and I was impacted by that to a large degree because of just the uh, for lack of a better word, it's the propaganda that was pushed out into the churches and to men who were looking for, okay, what is what does it look like? And we lost the loving leadership that Jesus demonstrated in the church. But I also think, you know, women bought into this role of the radical feminist movement that says, you know, anything a man can do, I can do, which is patently false. Uh, it's patently false. God has created us different. We have different roles. You know, I spent a lot of time learning as a young wife, what does it mean to respect my husband? I think a lot of women really struggle with what it looks like. And it turns out that God in his word, the creator God knows men and women very, very well. He said, husbands, love your wives. A a woman needs to be loved and nurtured and she needs to know she is protected and provided for. And then he says, women, respect your husbands. Well, there's not a lot of respect going around right now in the, the the culture in general for men, right? Because we have demeaned the role of fathers. We've de- absolutely decimated the importance of marriage, marriage being you know, God's idea. It wasn't Barack Obama's idea or the Supreme Court's idea, and it doesn't matter if they redefine it. God has not redefined marriage. It remains the same. But I think to get back to the biblical, uh, God's instruction, the biblical instruction for male and female, turns out there's joy there. You know, When we embrace who God says we are, if I can embrace the feminine side of me and uh, and the, the natural inclinations that God's given to me as a woman and as the wife of J. St. John, and I can find out from him, how can I meet you? How can I help you? How can I be the helper that God's created me to be? And there's something beautiful in that exchange. And I love what you're doing so much because you're bringing... Uh, the conversation back to the forefront again, that God has a biblical idea of family, and it turns out when we embrace that in the spirit in which God intended, so not going so far over here, so you got you know the patriarchal movement and so far over here where you got the the radical feminists who are like, you know sit down and shut up, and I can do everything you can do. both of those are outside of God's design for family, and when we embrace his design, it turns out it is probably the most beautiful institution I still believe on the face of the earth. A recent study reveals that 33% of college students prefer to live in a socialist system of government rather than a capitalist one. We clearly need a course that challenges today's high school students to think about whether the founding ideals of this country are worth preserving and then inspires them to act upon their conclusion. Introducing American Civics, a 30 week high school course written by gifted constitutional attorney Michael Ferris. In American Civics, Mr. Ferris will guide your student to a deeper understanding of America's founding principles, the mechanics of government and lawmaking, and the Constitution that makes our system of government possible. If you want to help preserve freedom in America, enroll your student in this 30 week, full credit, self directed course at lumen.com and use the coupon code Heidi for 10% off today. That's L-U-M-I-N-N.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
1: Yeah. And I'll, I'll just go from my perspective. It's also my job to go to my wife and say, how can I build you up? Mm-hmm. How can I encourage you? How can I help? Because he came not to be served, but to serve. Yes. And, yeah. and and he told his disciples now i have no trouble believing that they had an argument on who was the best disciple that that just cracks me up when when i read that and i talk about that to men i said you know right, right. if you get 10 men you're going to have some kind of contest about something okay <laughs> and so i said i like what jesus said he didn't say that was a stupid argument he basically said that's a really good discussion to have because It's called testosterone. And I put it in you when I made you. And (laughs) you're supposed to want to be number one. You're supposed to want to win. But in my kingdom, I got new rules. In my kingdom, the best servant wins. So if you want to be the best husband and the best spiritual leader in your home, you work on being the best servant. So, again, that flip-flops the patriarch stuff. but It does. But I just like... And Jesus was with men. He chose twelve men to pour his life into. And that that's a model. But mm-hmm. yeah.
0: It's beautiful to watch. One of the things that Jay said long time ago uh, to me was he had, you know, he'd been really praying, God, what in my role? You know, I hear I have five daughters and two sons and a wife who's, you know, uh, kind of a spitfire.
1: That's the exact <laughs> son, word I was you know, thinking, but go ahead. <laughs>
0: He said, you know, I was asking the Lord, what is my, you know, what does it look like to lead my family the way that you would have me do it? And he said, I felt like the Lord just sort of downloaded this into my heart. Like your job is to develop, to help the, the, the people in under your authority in your home become the men and women that I've created them to be. You get to steward this. And you can either steward it well through encouragement and opportunity, you know, to give opportunity for development to see how can I help you. I mean, people are often surprised. And uh, it was Arizona, actually, Steve, years ago when when I was keynoting there that a young girl who grew up in a very, I would say, probably legalistic family. And you could just see it. uh, She came to the booth and, and confronted me. And said, why do you think you have the authority to be up there on the stage speaking? Isn't that your husband's job? And my husband, you know, uh, looked at her and said, this is the gift that Heidi has. And I have the privilege of helping her develop that gift. He said, I saw it first. (laughs) And it's true. Jay heard me speaking at an event that was quite an accident. I had to fill in for somebody. I didn't even want to be there. And uh, when when I was done speaking, the later on that night, we're driving home, and Jay came up to me and said, "I didn't know you could do that. That was amazing. Did you know you could do that? Did you know that was in you?" And I was like, "No." He said, "We should do that again. You, if somebody ever asks you to do it again, you should speak again. You're good at it." And it just was such an encouragement to me to have this person who I love more than life itself uh, see something in me that he thought was worth worthy of commending. And that was really how uh, how that my speaking, you know, sort of whatever ministry started and it's how come you always see jay and i out on the road together because we know it's true the family that stays together stays together yeah and uh i i love that that uh, he's a, out there he's a keeper he's a keeper and and he's a keeper uh, no i
1: mean heidi uh we need to get jay speaking to some of these conferences but the, one of the other things i do
0: we're doing it this weekend
1: well first jay of all
0: speaking i, I have
1: i'm filthy rich with male companionship uh tonight <laughs> I have a podcast, not a podcast, a Zoom call with guys that I've known for decades, and we stay together. We meet every Tuesday night. We pray together. We talk together. Thursday night, we have a men's group at church. I'm having a men's retreat, October 13, 14, 15, up in the Poconos. And you know what we do? Northeastern Pennsylvania. We just get together and we hear each other's stories. I don't preach at them. I just listen. We build each other up. We have fellowship. I had one guy went there for the first time last year. He goes, I have never been a part of vulnerable, rich, godly men before. Mm. But it's so so this is what But you know what? Men need connection. And COVID, I think, hurt men maybe more than we are able to measure. Because uh, one Patrick Morley is his name. He wrote a lot of men's ministry stuff. But he said. Isolation is the kryptonite of men. Mm. And we made it easy for men to be by themselves. And now they have their screens and their monitors and they're exposed to stuff and all the rest. Men need to be with other men. Mm. And I just had one of my neighbors tell me after they were divorced. She said her husband, when we moved to this neighborhood, had no male friends. That's what she looks at as the source of why their marriage came apart. So
0: So you're doing this retreat. This is coming right up October 13 to fifteen. Can can any guy come? Anybody can reach come. Out to you? Just reach anybody out to me come.
1: and we'll make it happen.
0: All right. And how do they reach out to you?
1: Uh you can just put S P as in Paul Demi D E M M E at Gmail.com. S P Demi at Gmail. I'm sure you've got I notes and that. stuff on these podcasts. You can put it on there.
0: I do, and I will absolutely link back to it in the show notes today. But I wanted you to be able to just say, hey, yeah, um, come on out. I'll, actually, one of the notes I've written down here, my friend, is to get you out here uh, to do a, I know. a weekend with families. We got to put it on the books. We got to do it. Amen. We got to do it. Yes. Steve Demi, you are a treasure, treasured friend, uh, and an incredible mentor. And brother in the Lord, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's just a delight to have you as always. I'm just so, I'm always so encouraged whenever, whenever well, we talk. Well,
1: thank you. And guess what? Thank you for inviting me, number one. And number two, we got to remember something here. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Mm. And I have, I'm spending more time in the word than I ever had before and guess what that does? It increases my faith. I spend less time watching media, which also increases my faith. You're right. and, and No, no, I'm <laughs> not kidding. True. I don't need to. I
0: know. Turn it off.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't even know it. But uh, the more I spend, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of Christ. I have been, uh, our, how do you put this? I have been making lists of promises that God has. And I'm asking God to fulfill those promises because that's what prayer is. Prayer is praying according to his will. And we have his will in scripture. And so I'm praying for God to increase men like a flock. That's from the Old Testament and increase these people so they step up to the plate. And I know it doesn't look good on the surface, but I believe God is still working and I'm not, I'm not giving up.
0: He, nope, don't give up. That's what Mike Ferris always told me. He's like, hey, surest way to lose a fight, just quit fighting. That's right. <laughs> so stay in there. Uh, Steve Demi, you're a treasurer. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Let's do it again.
1: Okay.
0: If you guys want more information on my guest today? Steve Demi? you can go to buildingfaithfamilies.org. If you know someone who might be interested in attending his men's retreat, that's coming up October 13th through 15th in Northeastern Pennsylvania, and I will link back to how you can get information on that. In the show notes today. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you're encouraged. Love your people well, and I'll see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.